0: As a reader, you've built up this like strange, fantastical fugue state funeral, and then they're it's like they're all like, okay, back to business as usual, and you're just kind of like, wait, no, what's the payoff? Please. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend.
1: And we are both reviewing a book today.
0: It's true. Kind I, of. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Although it's one of the circumstances where I'm not even
1: sure I'm going to say the title correctly.
0: Yes, I can understand that. I believe it's The Inheritance of Or. Arcadia divina. I don't know how to say. There's a lot of vowels in Arcadia.
1: Yes, and I know it's the Spanish word for orchid, mm-hmm. but anyway, we may butcher that a few times, so apologies in advance. But this all came about when I was looking for somebody to read a book with me because I thought it would be kind of fun. Um, it was back when I was heading out for a trip. So Mm -hmm. the other advantage to this particular one was we were jokingly, I think it was Katie that came up with the idea of let's talk about books that kind of seem like they were inspired by Encanto.
0: Yes, I had (laughs) a whole like Encanto book list that had, I think, like six or eight books from different like reading levels that were all very similar to Encanto, like had the same kind of like family vibe. And when she was Asking for suggestions. I was in the middle of reading this. I was like 50 or 60 pages in, and I was like, You should read this one. Like, it's pretty cool so far. I think it would be a good one to review for the podcast. So she said yes, and she put it on hold, which meant I couldn't review it anymore. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's my fault. I'm the one who waited. So she took it out, and then when she brought it back, I had it on hold. And then I proceeded to do what many librarians secretly do in that they have a book and they never read it and they read like... 10 pages here and they're like oh no it's overdue let me renew it and then like 10 pages here like oh no it's overdue so just like a normal book club except a really small book club one person has to have not finished the book (laughs) but it's imperative but never fear I
1: actually did finish it I read every single page and on top of it I can see why people might stall out when reading this book Mm -hmm. it's divided kind of into three or four acts Basically. Yeah. So the book follows a family. The matriarch of the family is Orchidea. Like, yeah.
0: Senora Divina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she ha-
1: built this house in Four Rivers, Texas mm-hmm. after immigrating from Ecuador and she raised her family there she is kind of a badass for lack of a better word they talk Mm -hmm. about how she's had five different husbands and she's outlived all of them she has these special abilities that you see these hints early on were perhaps stolen or she obtained Mm -hmm. an ill gotten means so the book opens with her inviting her entire family which needless to say since she had 500 husbands her family is gigantic Mm -hmm. you are thrown so many names right off the bat
0: yes and on top of That they're all invited by magical means, (laughs) yes, to show up
1: at her estate because she's dying. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a funeral, even though she's there for it,
0: yeah, like a living funeral almost, where she's like, Come here, I'm gonna give you all your inheritance. She
1: is one of the main characters. The other three voices that you hear a whole bunch from are Marimar, who is one of the granddaughters who is living in New York with Mm -hmm. Ray. And they travel together to this living funeral. And then you have Tatanelli and you have Rhiannon, who is Tatanelli's daughter. Mm -hmm. So those are the main people, the main players that you get perspectives from throughout the book. And it is interesting. I liked having multiple perspectives like that. You also have multiple timelines that are woven into this kind of like a family tapestry. Mm -hmm. So anyway, everybody shows up for this living funeral. You kind of get this feel from the other voices that there is this burning resentment toward Orquidea because she has so many secrets that she's kept very closely guarded Mm -hmm. that nobody feels like they have the same experience with her.
0: Yes. Which is one of the things you can see really early on that reminded me a lot of Encanto because it's this matriarch that everyone respects. Like, they're like, we totally understand that we would not be here if it weren't for you and you have, like, done so much for the family. But at the same time... There's this level of like distance that can't be overcome because she keeps so many secrets because she's a strong like matriarchal figure. She can't be like your grandma. Like she right. has to be like an like an icon almost of the family.
1: Because there really isn't a lot of warmth from her. No so but she is cool in her own respect Mm -hmm.
0: anyway at this funeral
1: and I'm not giving away very much because it occurs within the first like 30 pages Yes, um, her death means that she basically turns into a tree and her house burns down and all of the relatives are just kind of left standing around like what (laughs) (laughs) it's like a trick (laughs) so anyway that is how the book opens Ray, Marimar and Tatanelli all end up sprouting flowers or actually Tatanelli doesn't but her daughter does she gives birth in the middle of all of this chaos.
0: Once it does again. feel very like oh gosh, it feels very like Hundred Years of Solitude, like magic realism, like interwoven into it because all of these very spectacular things are happening, and it's just kind of taken at the face value. Like yeah, like my mom had a living funeral, her house burned down she turned into a tree, we spattered, spattered flowers, and now someone got born. Like it's just a normal Tuesday. Yes.
1: So if readers, readers beware. If you do decide to try this book, none of this is really fully explained. You yes. get kind of hints. You have about- to
0: flow with it. So if you like. Gabriel Garcia Marquez like if you like that kind of like magic realism this is going to be a good book for you or like Water for Chocolate like anything like that
1: exactly I found it was really fun because mm-hmm. the language is beautiful yes. so it it reads like a fever dream as long as you're willing to accept some of these far out things that are being <laughs> thrown your way I also like the way that some different Ecuadorian like folk tales and stuff are woven into the story so mm-hmm. it's complex it's intriguing the characters are likable enough I didn't feel like there was a huge distinction in all of the voices Yeah. How However, the voice I liked reading from the most is Orchideas because mm-hmm. she runs off and joins the circus. You find out that she is an illegitimate child she was born out of wedlock and then her mother married rich so she was always kind of treated as this reminder of where her mother came from Mm -hmm. and um, needless to say she's very unhappy with basically being almost a servant in her own household so she does what a lot of impulsive teenagers do and runs away and joins the circus
0: yep (laughs) (laughs) it's a tale as old as time (laughs) exactly i i really liked even if it wasn't from her perspective anything that talked about arcadia because It really did feel like everything else felt grounded in reality and very, like, normal almost. And then every time you got to see her, even out of the corner of your eye as part of a story... It, like, suddenly took on, like you said, like, this, like, feverish, like, colorful, like, folkloric aspect that didn't exist in the lives of, like, her children and grandchildren. Yes. It was almost like she was, like, like a star that they were all, like, kind of...
1: Mythologizing, sort yeah. of. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. It was really interesting. Because even, like, telling the story of how she, f- like, got her home, you're like, um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. And her whole family seems
1: to accept it because, like... It- like most families, and I think that was kind of the gist of this book. Mm-hmm. Every family has their own idiosyncrasies or yes. just overall weirdness
0: to it that they've adapted to. That if you're to born
1: with. into it, you learn to accept it. Mm-hmm. But from an outsider, it looks really bizarre. Now, in their case, their entire history is extra bizarre. Yes, but it is kind of fun to enjoy those moments. I also liked getting Orchidia's perspective because it made her more human. She's so mm-hmm. formidable. When you meet her from the perspectives of the other relatives, that mm-hmm. this really let you empathize with her more and she didn't seem so aloof.
0: Because it, it is difficult to empathize with her at first because you're you're first seeing her from this perspective of people who don't know her that well, and if anything have more, like, I don't want to say fear, because it's not fear, it's just, but like, distant respect. They're just like, like, she she's our matriarch, we'll do what she asks, but at the same time, like, woof. <laughs>
1: right, and you see these little things, like these little hurts that mm-hmm. are built up over time yes. from the other voices, like Marimar never knew who her father was, mm-hmm. and her mother passed away by drowning, and Orchidia, even with her magics and abilities and stuff didn't have a way to save her Mm -hmm. so marimar feels disconnected from her roots because she never knew who her father was and then she finds a photo that i think either has him in it or has like part of his arm in it so Mm -hmm. she holds it against orchidia for keeping that secret for so long from her anyway those were all cool i think my one major beef with the book was once again i did enjoy orchidia's story Mm -hmm. but here's this woman who is a force to be reckoned with. She's awesome. You do learn to respect her as you read about her. But man she simps hard for her first husband I don't want to give anything away too much but like he's cheating on her very openly mm-hmm. and not really making excuses I, there was a fortune teller that had yeah. said that he would never be able to properly love and I think he leans into it as an excuse mm-hmm. and she keeps giving him chances and that might have been one of the most frustrating <laughs> portions that I've read in a long time because, because you're just
0: like you're so cool stop it and
1: obviously all these other people are fawning over you you're yeah. making a name for yourself mm-hmm. You don't have to put up with his nonsense. So anyway.
0: Yeah, it's it's really difficult. And I don't know. I don't know if maybe that was the point, like that despite the fact that she was so interesting and such a powerhouse, there's always going to be that thing that will trip people up and and for her it just happened to be it, it wasn't just husbands it was her first husband yes it was specifically uh, her first husband nobody else ones, got in her way like that the other ones were fine maybe she 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 was like you know what maybe i shouldn't like them so much maybe <laughs> which is kind of sad but maybe she realized that was her that was her biggest weakness <laughs> liking her husband too much but yeah it's hard because you don't see that anywhere else in her character, like no. you don't see that kind of like frailty or like holding on to, to to hope when you shouldn't. Like you don't see it anywhere else, so it's it's very hard to go from that to to like the hard woman you see in the future.
1: Exactly, and not only that, be- like I almost wish the author had leaned into maybe her. Missing a family connection, and that's why Mm -hmm. she kept giving him chances, or something like that. There was enough in her history where it could have made sense, but Mm -hmm. the way it was portrayed was just frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it did a little bit of a disservice to her as a character.
0: Is there anything, any like moment of like magic realism or anything that stood out to you the most in the book? Because it did have some very colorful like scenes and descriptions. Oh,
1: so. Very early on, in the midst of Orchidia becoming a tree, (laughs) there is a moment where Marimar goes out into the garden and digs something up. And she basically finds what seems to be a child statue that's been carved out of moonstone. And it ends up being incorporated into Orchidia's tree-shaped form Mm -hmm. in the moment when it happens so it's Mm -hmm. almost like a mother holding on to a child for eternity and there were aspects of that that were just super weird you eventually find out what's going on with that but that's introduced very early in the story
0: Mm -hmm. i i can't remember because i did start it so early but there was a scene in the beginning where they were talking about like the story that built around how she like made her house And I can't remember it exactly, but I remember it sounded just kind of just like a little fantastical in in the way that was just like very interesting and cool. Like the idea that they live separate from the town. So people aren't really sure what to do about them, but are also kind of like there's like mythologizing the whole family almost because they're so removed from the rest of the town and they're clearly magic. People are like, we don't have a ton of proof, but... (laughs) These people are clearly magic. (laughs) And that was really interesting to, like, throw in early on. It feels very, like, medieval misunderstood woman lives on the edge of a town and provides them with help, but they all think she's a witch.
1: (laughs) You also have this rooster, and I can't remember his name, but he's been reincarnated, like, seven times, and he keeps coming back. So, And he's kind of entertaining, just... Because he's this random little side character, almost it like Hey Hey, hey from. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> to, to I kept thinking random, of Hey Hey the whole
1: time. So. A
0: random annoying animal side character who's just there the whole time. Despite the fact that they're battling a volcano, still alive.
1: (laughs) But where I suspect people get lost, because Mm -hmm. like I said, I could understand you not finishing. There is a moment where you just really lose momentum as a reader in the Mm -hmm. story. And that is right after this very fantastical wild funeral or whatever. The relatives are just kind of like, okay, that was weird. And then go disperse. Yep. (laughs) And Marimar is the only one who stays behind and decides to kind of rebuild there I mm-hmm. guess it's like a focal point for future family gatherings or something her reasoning is never fully established mm-hmm. I think But you spend a good amount of time with these characters all just kind of, like, going about trying to establish their normal lives. Mm -hmm. Granted, your central characters all have flowers that have sprouted that are starting to show weird abilities here and there, and they're trying to understand them. And ultimately, the only thing that drives them back together and eventually drives them to go travel to Ecuador to try to find some answers is this mysterious figure starts to stalk all of them. Mm -hmm. And several of them
0: die. For perhaps... What we mentioned before, that maybe Orcidia did not come by her powers in the most legitimate of fashion. Right. <laughs> that, is, that is the underlying current in here is that perhaps some of her secretive nature was because she was hiding something like pretty pretty large. <laughs>
1: yes. So in that like weird where everybody's dispersed and kind of doing their own thing, it just feels it, yeah. like the story stalls out because you're like I really don't see where this is. Yeah, like going. as a
0: reader you've built up this like strange fantastical fugue state funeral and then they're it's like they're all like, "Okay, back to business as usual." And you're just kind of like, "Wait, no, what's the payoff? Please. This this can't be like we can't just go back to normal." And I understand like the return to normal so that so they can have a second call to action i guess but it just kind of loses momentum when you when you have like a, a false start to a story and you
1: spend years with marimar like rebuilding you know starting with kind of like a like
0: tent sad and, and then a
1: yeah and then making her own version of the house mm-hmm. and you just kind of can't figure out where it's going at the beginning yeah. so
0: did you like the story like overall was it was it one that you would recommend for other people to read if they I, did enjoy that, like, magical realism type of thing.
1: Interestingly, this is one of the stories where I walk away from it and I'm not even sure how many stars to give it. I'm, maybe
0: <laughs> I would give it... You're like I'm confused. I'm thinking
1: three or four. Like, yeah. it's an enjoyable enough story. Mm-hmm. And the characters are entertaining. So if you can get past that one lull point that we've described, mm-hmm. the rest of the story does move at a clip. The chapters are really short. So much so that I actually thought this book was written for young adults mm-hmm. for like the first hundred pages before I realized that, yeah, these are all, you know, early 20s yeah. Um,
0: Individuals, more of, a, more of a like a new adult like fantasy <laughs> yes yeah and i, I really actually, would pick it as new adult it, i think we have it in fantasy in sci-fi. science fiction yeah. yeah
1: i think if you're willing to not have the magical elements of it explained like there's yes. not going to be any real world building where like okay this is built get to the on end this where principle like,
0: this is why it happens this is the cause and effect this is <laughs> Um, you're, you're going to still be like, and I mean, that kind of is how magic realism goes. Like they don't explain it because it's just part of the narrative. It's not, it's not a magic system. It's just the magic of being alive. It's what happens. But yes, I can, if you are a fantasy person who likes those like high fantasy magic systems, this will not work for you. No, because it doesn't make sense it's not going to be the same thing gets repeated. It's going to be different every time. And for some people that could be really frustrating.
1: I have enjoyed personally as both a reader or just a consumer of stories, seeing all of the stuff about like generational trauma and -hmm. like that family dynamic really being explored across generations. Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed seeing those stories surface more and more. And this one is a pretty healthy story of that because you don't have any of this like lingering, super dark, scary trauma. It's more just exploring everybody and giving them that freedom to be human and make mistakes and Mm -hmm. looking at how those mistakes echo across the generations
0: yeah and it feels like we've been we've been reviewing a lot of those but also like just in fiction and film and things like that it's been a really popular topic which is which is good because i i i can't recall a time in fiction or film where that much has been written about generational trauma where it's very obvious like oh that's the point of this book is like the echoing of like pain and unresolved trauma that can just like keep reiterating in new generation and i think it's really interesting and cool i just like you said there was there was just a lull and like there were other books that didn't lull and right no <laughs> and that's they fair kind of, if Maybe if I was on a plane or traveling and this was like, I, I had I had committed myself to this. I even bought the audiobook for it, guys. I purchased the audiobook and I still didn't finish it.
1: <laughs> Honestly, this would be a fun trip book because, like yeah. I said, the chapters are like two to three pages mm-hmm. each. So if you're getting interrupted periodically, it's real easy to jump right back into yeah. it because you're not really needing to keep up with too many fine details as well. It's something that's easy to pick up and put mm-hmm. back down.
0: Okay. Well, there we go. Is there anything else you wanted to share about the book or... No, not that I can think of. Okay. I feel like this. I feel like I've been transported back in time to my undergrad when I would have to participate in book talks, but I hadn't finished the book, so I just had to, like, really BS it in some parts. <laughs> yeah, but you
1: sampled enough to know what I'm yes, talking about I, with the I writing knew, style. and Yeah,
0: I knew enough from, like, the beginning, and I was introduced to most of the characters and made it to some pivotal points, enough to figure out the, the gist of it, but it, it does give you a little bit of an adrenaline high to be like, I'm just going to start talking and hopefully I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All All right.
1: right. (laughs) Well, thank you for humoring me and joining me in this review.
0: Thank you for humoring me and reading the book that I did not finish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.